Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ladies, it is your boy, Stevie Jobber. It's your boy, Dangerous Duke. And welcome back to the Dangerous Jobbers podcast, putting wrestling over one podcast at a time. You damn right. We got a lot of stuff today, man. That we do. Before we get started, I just got one thing to say. Let's do it. And, and those people who I'm, what I'm about to say, those people know what I mean and they know what I'm saying because they know who this is for. Why can't we be friends? Why can't we be friends? Why can't we be friends? All right, that's it. <laughs> Everybody needs a little new Jack in their life. Yes, sir. All right, man. Well, let's start with the wrestler of the pod. Um, right, and we got, like a, we got a special one today. Um, former NXT superstar. One fourth of the MMA horsewomen. Okay. Close friends with Ronda Rousey, Shayna Baszler, Jessamyn Duke. She was number 72 on the women's 100. The first year PWI did the women's all women's 100 list. Now they're doing a 150 that we got to get to. Mm-hmm. The woman I'm speaking of, the wrestler of the pod today, is Marina Shafir. Ooh also known as The Problem. She is uh, married to the Diamond Mines, Roderick Strong, um, and she is coming off her first kid. Okay. um, Recently released from WWE. uh, Former tag team partner, Justin Duke, just had her debut indie match at Bloodsport 7 against three-time wrestler of the pod, Masha Slamovich, and they had a crazy, crazy strong style match. Um, just knock down, drag out, heavy. And she's she's a master in judo, but she was laying in some dangerous strikes out there. Sounds I think good. I think both women did a really good job of making each other look very dangerous. That's always a plus. Yeah, yeah. So they had a real good knockdown drag out. Um, and we'll get into some more GCW later, but wrestler of the pod, Marina Shafir, the problem. There you go. That's awesome. Um, so who's gonna kick it off this week? I guess I guess it'll be me. Yeah, man. Start us with PWG. Uh uh, so we got some small news out of PWG. Um Leo Rush is making his return. Former wrestler of the pod, I should say, Leo Rush, is making Mm -hmm. his return to PWG on November 21st, and he'll be squaring off against another former wrestler of the pod, Davey Richards. Now, I'm excited for this match because I think their styles in the ring are, uh, how, how can I say this, simpatico, if you will, because they can do almost the same type of stuff and the stuff that Davey can't do, Leo can do. Mm-hmm. And I think it's just going to be a great match. They're both pretty technical. They both can do some of the high flying stuff. Davey's a little more on the uh, aggressive side than Leo, but I think that'll make up for, you know, Leo being more of the high flyer than Davey is. So this match on paper looks like a banger. I'm pretty sure when it happens on November 21st, it's going to be a banger. Uh, I'm excited for that match. That match has definitely got me uh, on my edge for PWG. 
Yeah, man, Davies got a very um, technical cruiserweight style, but he can get into some of that high-flying stuff. And um, Leo, being the size that he is, they really complement each other um, in shape and the things that they can do in the ring. And like you said, the things Davey can't do, Leo can, so they can really run the whole spectrum of um, pure wrestling mm-hmm. and put on a real good show for everybody. Yeah, they, they definitely can. Um but he's not the only person who's popping up in another promotion. Unfortunately, uh, when and when MLW comes to Philadelphia next month, Enzo Amore will be there. I know you're probably excited for that one. Mm-hmm. I could care less, but I mean, I guess it's I guess it's good Enzo's getting back in a ring because he can talk kind of and he can sell merch and I mean, he's good at getting people mad, so I guess he does his job well in that aspect. So what do we got over here? Oh, God. Couple matches. Couple matches. And he made sure to say that this wasn't just a one-time appearance. Oh, I love it. Enzo Amore in Philly? And MLW? Listen, man, I'm very excited about this. Where's Um, Jordan Oliver when you need him? This is taking place, I believe November 6th is going to be the live date. Um, And then they'll be showing um, whatever, whenever they show the tapings. I mean, I'm still seeing me and Mrs. Jobber on MLW TV. Um, So who knows when it'll be released. But I think the official date that it's going to happen is November 6th. Yeah, that that is definitely the uh, the official date for sure. Yeah, they're doing they're doing a um, a pay per view called uh, War Chamber. Is it mm-hmm. War Chamber? I, um, I think that's what it's called. So I have speculation because they're starting to build the card for the pay per view, um, or not the pay. I don't know if it's going to be on pay per view. It might be on fight as a pay per view, but mm-hmm. um, they're starting to build the card for it. And I'm excited because um, there's a match that they've announced that is a ladder match for the recently vacated open weight MLW championship. The participants in this match, it's a ladder match, is um, Alex Shelley, okay. Zen Shi, Alex Kane, uh, the young goat Myron Reed, uh-huh. who's just as good in person, um, and a mystery opponent who could be Enzo More. I swear to God, if Enzo beats Myron Reed for the open weight title. There's at least three people in that match I would give the title to before Enzo. Well, I listen, I, I don't know. I, me personally, I feel like Myron Reed dropped the middleweight title that he's won twice now um, in order to pursue a higher, uh, a higher level title. Um, it just makes sense because he, he already had this knockdown drag out with uh, Leo Rush. Um, this crazy, amazing match, passing it off to Tajiri. But he's won that belt twice. He's challenged Jacob Fatu. Jordan's challenged Jacob Fatu. 
Um, and Fatu's not going to be in this match. So you yeah. need a really good mid card, and they really haven't been able to push it as a mid card because Hammerstone has been undefeated for like a year. Yeah, over a year for like a year and some change. So you, this is their opportunity to hold somebody to that mid card level that really deserves it. And Myron Reed has been earning his way um, for at least the last two years. Definitely. Uh, while Jordan Oliver is making more of a name for himself in GCW, uh, Myron has been really doing it in MLW and carrying it on his back for that mid card. So I think he deserves it. But there is a chance that Enzo Amore could walk away with this if I mean, he's the mystery guy. If he is, then maybe to like get some heel heat, then I guess you can put it on Enzo. But I, w- I would rather put it on Myron. Yeah, yeah. But I think MLW needs a round of applause because what promotion do you know would release the amazing news after 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 a crazy Tajiri um, MLW middleweight title win would go on to announce the um, arrive, arriving of Will Ospreay and then go back and say, and to top it off, Enzo Mori. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, so, so be, be, because he's because he's just the cherry on top of he's, all that. He's yeah, he's the he's the whipped cream. You know what I mean? He's uh, he's the he's gonna be the cream of the crop in MLW. He's he's the skid mark on the underpants of MLW. <laughs> uh, yeah, but let's not spend too much time on Enzo, man. As much as I love him. Uh, um. So. Crown Jewel happened. Yes. And did you watch Crown Jewel? Uh, I did watch Crown Jewel. Do we want to put Crown Jewel here? I want to. Uh, let's let's hold WWE to some. Let's put let's put WWE to some kind of um, good standard. I don't I don't want to completely decide that um, they're not a major show yet. And I feel like we have more talking points. Listen, ladies and gentlemen, I feel like in a year's time or a year, two years' time, this podcast won't even be about WWE. Like it'll, it'll be, just be about every other promotion. WWE will be the indies of the podcast. And we'll yeah. just be talking about everything else. Listen, the, the there's major news that happened, and none of it comes from WWE this week. Um yeah. Which is which is pretty funny. Yeah. But so so you know what we should do? We should put it in between AEW and Impact. Okay. All right. So we'll put it in between AEW and Impact. So are we, you want to save Impact for the main event? Yeah. Yeah. Let's save Impact. Let's end with Impact. We'll do AEW, WWE, and then we'll end with Impact. Okay. All right. So then I'll let you take the reins on. Uh, on the next talking point then. Yeah, I just want to give Vince some dignity. Um, let's not take him out back just yet. Man, old Yeller's earning it. He really is. Um, but let me hit the small points, man. New Japan has finished their G1 Climax. And the winner, unsurprisingly, is uh, Kazuchika Okada. 
um, who won in not the best fashion. He he beat Kota Ibushi, but only due to injury. Yeah, I did. I did see that. Uh, apparently, it's it's a legit injury from what they're saying. Yeah, they think it's a legit shoulder injury, and he'll probably have to get surgery. Um, the news here is much less that he won, and more of the press conference following. Um, after he after they declared him the winner of the G1 Climax, he said in an interview that, one, he would like to face Ibushi as soon as he's 100%, mm-hmm. um, which is honorable. Um, and two, that he he had asked the commissioner um, if he could hold a title equivalent to the G1 as a symbol of his promise to fight Ibushi as soon as he's um, cleared. He, he suggested either the title that he retired, which being the uh, Intercontinental New Japan title, or possibly just a G1 title itself, which I'm all for. I thought their decision to combine the titles was crazy in the first place mm-hmm. um, because they kind of lose their entire mid-card or their mid-card moves to the uh, United States title, which doesn't make a lot of sense to me. So bringing a, a G1 title makes a lot of sense and it sounds better than bringing back the intercontinental title um it seems like a real solidarity uh a real solid symbol of what that tournament means because it's really like the biggest wrestling tournament you can have yeah so Um, i'm all for that one i'm not gonna lie i i agree with you but I also disagree with you. Mm. I, I agree with you in the sense of I I appreciate that, you know, during the press conference, he wanted to uh, say he wants to hold a title of significance like the, uh, for the G1 as a promise. I personally would bring back the Intercontinental title. Yeah. I, w- I would just for the reason that you said, because the, the whole mid-card division pretty much had a move to the U.S. title. Yeah. So I would bring back the Intercontinental. I mean, I either way, I get if they do bring back a title or whether if they bring back the Intercontinental or they create like a G1 title, I'll understand both. Like, I'm, I'm not going to be mad at, you know, them not bringing back the IC. Mm-hmm. I, would ju- I would just personally bring back the Intercontinental because then you can have more, more, um, more growth to your mid-card. You can... You don't all have to be gunning for the U.S. title, which for some reason they don't like to share. But you can have the Intercontinental and the U.S. Kind of like how WWE is not strictly sending their mid-card division at one title. Mm-hmm. They can they can go back to, or not they, um, they can um, uh, have them go after two instead of one, like WWE does. Yeah, I hear it, what you're saying. It, it, if it'd if be that a makes sense. Fit. Yeah, like I mean, I'm I'm not gonna get mad if they bring in the uh, G1 title. I mean, because I wouldn't mind it. It's just me personally. I'd rather see them bring back the IC title because I kind of mm-hmm. like that title too. What it had a nice design to it. Um, I think I like. I think I like. Uh, I like where you're going only because. 
if you think of it as like a, a G1 title, then it kind of discredits just, the tournament in a way. Yeah, it's kind of just so like maybe strictly, you want to keep that. Maybe you yeah. want to keep that um, that trophy instead of a title because then it's it's much less about the tournament itself and it's more about a championship. Yeah. Okay. I, I see what you're saying. So maybe you're right. Maybe we should go with the Intercontinental title. Um, but speaking of titles and title changes, um, War Ready from GCW happened, I believe, the same night that Dynamite and Bound for Glory happened. Um, yeah, th- th- this was a busy Saturday. It's a crazy week. And while War Ready wasn't as iconic, there are two matches that I do want to point out. Um, the first match being the main event, honestly, because Suzuki uh, fought Nick Gage. Oh. Yeah, it, I saw the highlights of the match. I didn't get to see the entire match. Um, that just sounds they, brutal. They didn't do anything too crazy, though, surprisingly. No? I mean, they fought all around the arena in true GCW Nick Gage match fashion. Yeah. Um, throwing random objects at each other. Um, there were chairs. There were, I saw a bucket at one point. Um, I'm pretty sure there was like, uh, um, what do you put on the on the walls or on the ceiling when you're trying to, is that a drywall or some shit? Mm-hmm. Yeah, drywall, a, drywalls for like uh, the walls, yeah. yeah. I know what you're talking about. At one point, Suzuki had pile-dried him through drywall. That was pretty cool. Okay. Uh, but nothing too. There were no there were no bleeding. Nobody was doing uh, the glass light tubes, so not too brutal. Um, well, I I kind of think that I don't think that they could with Suzuki just for the simple fact he's a little older. Yeah, yeah. And I mean that was the worry going into it mm-hmm. is that maybe he's too old for you know a true Japanese death match. Yeah. Um, but it was a good showing. The crowd loved it. Suzuki won. Uh, oh, damn. Okay. Which I was I was surprised about, but I do feel like it was the right decision. Damn, Bringing everybody. in Suzuki is great, but I feel like every time they brought him in in the States, he's been losing. So uh-huh. it was good to see him win a match. Look um, at Suzuki getting shown some love. Yeah. So, so I'm glad they went with the decision to have Suzuki go over. Uh, and I'm sure Nick Gage didn't have a problem with it. Yeah, Nick Gage. I, I'm as I've started to look more into Nick Gage's, um, you know, career. Not even career, just like Nick Gage in the past like year or so. He he's very about his craft, but he's also um, he doesn't mind giving back when it comes to wrestling. Like he's a crazy wrestler. He does all the crazy stuff. But he doesn't mind putting somebody over when the time comes for it. Most people like that are like, no, this is my spot. This is my show. This is my shit. Yeah. He, he doesn't mind giving back and putting somebody over who either A, deserves to be put over or they should be put over because it makes sense. Yeah, I feel like he gets, like, he loves his style of wrestling, absolutely. Um, but I am I am feeling like he he really gets... Um, the business and yeah. as a whole too. Like, like he under he understands the craft and and the process, and you know that not everything has to be just about me. Exactly. 
Right, um, he's a very the, selfless performer. The real highlight I want to get to is that we have new GCW tag team champions. Uh-oh. And, um, there's no better face of the tag team division, even though they just got here. Um, when you think about the when you think about the aesthetic of GCW, um, after you get past the ECW part of that aesthetic, um, it's very gritty, it's very rough and tough, and it's not clean, it's not classy, it's very uh I don't want to say dirty. <laughs> that just sounds bad. It's very hardcore, right? Yeah. Um and the new GCW tag team champions that were crowned uh, last night as we're recording this were the Briscoes from ROH. And uh, I truly feel like they fit everything that GCW is about. Oh, 100%. They're, they're, like, they're like the perfect champs for, G- for GCW. In fact, when we did the, the fantasy booking, didn't one of us have the Briscoes on there? I th- I want to say it was me. Yeah, I think you might have had the Briscoes on there. Yeah, so um, when it comes to, when you think crazy and, you know, ridiculous and just wild wrestling matches for tag teams, you got to put the Briscoes in there for the newer generation. Like, they're about as hardcore and brash as it gets when it comes to wrestling. Just a perfect fit for GCW. Yeah, they are a very solid, solid uh, uh, team on the indies. They're very well known. Um, if you've seen them, you've loved them. Uh, we got to see them live in ROH, and yeah. uh, they were everything that you would expect them to be. They totally lived up to their name, mm-hmm. um, and they're just gritty, man. Yeah. And they delivered uh, a very good promo after winning the belts, um, they're still up on their Instagram if you want to see it. They're both covered in blood. Uh, they did their thing, man. They did their thing. That's so, awesome. Yeah, great shout out to them. Love to see it. They're perfect for the brand. And right now, GCW is rising um, to about the same level as MLW in two different styles of wrestling, but both mm-hmm. becoming very prominent in the indies. Um, That's but- awesome. But moving on from that, before we get to the main stuff and we we dabble in some WWE, I just want to run down the AEW highlights from the week. There's really two of them, but I'll knock out the other things in case you're like really vying for some AEW news. Mm-hmm. Um, so short news, LBO Leo, Leo Rush. Um, is now officially the partner of Dante Martin. And next week they will be fighting the Seidel brothers. Okay. Yeah. So after kicking out Matt Seidel, he uh, declared himself the tag team partner. And now he's going to fight both the brothers and Dante doesn't look too happy about it, but it is what it is. I'm just happy to see Leo back. Yeah. Uh, in the promo, it looked like he was going to dress as a power ranger. So that's funny. Um, In other news, uh, Ty Conti will be fighting Britt Baker for the AEW women's title at Full Gear. I know you're excited about that one. Yes. Yes. Ah, yeah. That that, that puts a smile on my face. My girl finally getting shown some love, and I hope she wins because, damn it, she deserves it. 
Yeah, I tell you, it's about freaking time, man. Yeah, it's she deserves time. It. That woman been, had. She's been women. busting. I was gonna say she's been busting her ass. She did it in WWE. She's been busting her ass in AEW. You know, she's good for the company. She's good for the brand. I mean, if I had a Britt Baker's been great. Don't get me wrong. She's been a great champion. But I think it's at that we're at that point now where you gotta pass the torch a little bit, not even pass the torch, just share the wealth a little bit. Mm-hmm. You know, the fans want Ty Conti to win. We've been clamoring for it. And hopefully it looks like it's gonna happen. Yeah, man, I'm I'm very happy about it. She's been so good. And if she wins more power to her, that makes perfect sense. Um, because I'm looking at the TBS bracket. I've been looking at it, and I'm not really sure who I want to come away with that because I don't see Ty Conti on the list. And I was starting to think that they really made the TBS title for the women's mid-card, one. But two, to give something to Ty Conti because she's been so good for so long and they haven't put the belt on her. Um but I don't, I don't know who they have winning it, but Ty Conti isn't on the list. So hopefully that's because Ty Conti is going to win against Britt Baker. Yeah, and when we talked about the TBS title, I remember we, we both mentioned that a good person for that title would be Ty Conti. Yeah, yeah. I think we said Ty Conti and uh, Thunder Rosa was the other one. Yeah, who I believe is still in contention. She's waiting for uh, Anna Jay versus... Uh, Jamie Hader. Oh yeah, she she's one of the people with a buy, right? Yeah, like a first so round buy. Okay, it's uh Thunder Rosa, Jade Cargo, Nyla Rose, and Chris Statlander all waiting for opponents. Um, so we'll we'll get more into that as the weeks go on, leading up to full gear. I'm sure they'll figure that out. Hopefully, they do that tournament some justice, man. You know, because the last couple, or not the last couple of tournaments they've had, but. A certain company hasn't been doing too good with their tournaments, but we, we're going to get into that later. Yeah, um, and going up the ladder, um, knocking out the Eliminator while we're talking about tournaments, um, Brian Danielson had a very good match against Dustin Rhodes. Um, I coined it in my notes as a DVD classic. Um, and if, if anybody was around for like uh, DVDs, documentaries uh, back in the day. You'll know exactly what I'm talking about. The matches that are like very, very good, but you're not listing them in like your top five favorite matches from that person, but they'll mm-hmm. make the DVD and like they'll make the extra. Yeah, they'll make the, they'll make the DVD highlights. Yeah, so they had a really good match. They shook hands at the end. Um, Eddie Kingston, my guy, pulled out a win against the Murder Hawk Monster. Um, and New Japan uh, United States champion. So that was pretty cool. They'll be moving on. Um, and some other small news, Bobby Fish was beating the crap out of uh, Anthony Grease, I believe, and uh, CM Punk went and stopped that. So it looks like CM Punk is going to get into a thing with Bobby Fish. That feud looks fucking awesome on paper. Yeah, yeah, I'm ready. I'm ready for that. I'm ready for like, that. I was excited for, when I seen I seen that highlight, and I was like, "Fuck yes, I want that. I want it now. Here's my money. Take it, book it. I want to see that match. Like I feel like that match is gonna be a fucking barn burner. 
Yeah, that's going to be a good one. Um, Staying following the disappearance of Darby Allen, not really a disappearance, more of a kidnapping, but um, following the kidnapping <laughs> of Darby Allen by that uh, that that amazing scumbag MJF. Um, Sting went out, cut off MJF, and got jumped by the entire Pinnacle, uh, damn near, except for FTR, who I'll get into later. Um, but they totally jumped Sting. Um, I think he was bloody by the end of it, and MJF was doing one of his classic heel promos to Darby Allen. I'm sure they'll be fighting at full gear, or it'll be him and Sting at full gear. Um, either way, should be amazing. They've been doing uh-huh. it right. Um, so that's pretty cool. And um, in other news, before we get to the main thing I want to talk about, the Inner Circle versus American Top Team is still going on. Um, the biggest thing being that uh, next week, Sammy Guevara, the TNT champion, newly crowned, is going to be going up against all ego Ethan Page uh, for the TNT championship. The condition being um, this is if if Sammy wins, it'll be the inner circle versus American top team and the men of the year at full gear. If Sammy loses, Sammy has to leave the inner circle forever. Mm. What do mm. we think? Uh, I don't think it's gonna happen. I don't. I don't see Sammy leaving the inner circle. Um, I know at first I wanted him to, but he's starting to. He's starting to come into his own. He's starting to do stuff right. Um, plus, I don't think Jer. I think. Jericho has most of the say on what happens with the inner circle. And I don't see Jericho trying to like cause any rifts and have anybody leave the inner circle anytime soon. Cause I've noticed AEW tends to protect their factions a lot. So I don't, I don't see it happening, but I could be wrong. Um, I, I would hope not. I would, I would think like there was part of me that felt like, Maybe now is when they break up the inner circle. But at the same time, I don't know, man. Like, Yeah, that's something I don't see happening. Yeah, it, it just feels like it, it would be a waste now. And American Top Team would be the wrong people to do it. Um, yeah, I think definitely. American Top Team needs a win, certainly. But I, I don't feel like breaking apart the inner circle is their is their key to success. Um, But the biggest thing over Dynamite and Rampage this week really has been the story of Andrade Cien uh, or Andrade El Idolo and uh, his new recruitment of just goons. He's really been at a rivalry with um, the Death Triangle for months. Uh-huh. And it's collided with the Cody Rhodes rivalry between um, Cody Rhodes and Malachi Black. And uh, just quick bullet points. It started most sometime last week in Drade, um Went up against the Lucha Bros, said he would um, have a mass tag team to challenge them for their tag titles for the uh, AAA tag titles and won. And uh, the reveal ended up being FTR. Yeah. Um, and then the following 
uh, rampage after that, FTR ended up pulling the same like mask thing to jump the Lucha Bros. They had two people planted in the crowd that were wearing the same masks. Um, and of course, they went, pulled the masks off, and it wasn't them. And then FTR jumped them from behind. Very standard, but that also led to Pac versus Andrade too, um, which of course was another uh, another classic. Pac ended up winning this one. Uh-huh. No interruptions during the match, but as soon as the match ended, lights go out, and uh, none other than Malachi Black shows up, and they jump Pac together. Um, no rescue until Arn Anderson shows up. Um, Armed Anderson. Uh, Arn, Arn Anderson, the enforcer, uh, shoots makes the uh, the old gun symbol because if there's one thing we know Arn for it's the block. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's gonna, he gonna run the block. He's gonna, he gonna run the block. Uh, and then Cody Rhodes shows up, jumps both uh, Andrade and Malachi, which leads to this week's Dynamite, which was Cody versus Malachi 3, um, where Cody inevitably won um, in bloody mm-hmm. fashion as always because you know, whole son of a plumber, blonde, bloody thing. They all do it. I don't know. <laughs> He's still a classic guy. So all his rivalries have to end with him um, with red hair and the crimson mask. Bleeding. Yeah. Yeah. Bleeding. Mm-hmm. Like, like Ric Flair. <laughs> I was how Rick always ended anything that he did that was like really big. He would always be like bloody. By the end of it, I, I, so I guess like in my eye and blood in my hair. Mm-hmm. I so I guess like uh, it's just a thing between him, um, him, Cody, Dusted, and Dusty. It's like we just we have blonde hair and we finish all our baby face feuds in blood. That's just how we do it. Um, so that was yeah. That's just the way we got to do it. Um, that was the biggest point of this week for that side of the Flair family is um, Andrade just mm-hmm. earning a name for himself, still losing, but somehow looking stronger than the Death Triangle by the end of it. Because um, he, at, at, I mean, it is a loss because he lost the pop, but in a way, um, the AAA titles got off of the Lucha Bros. So, I mean, there's a win there. You know, it's a battle. I'm sure it'll end with a part three between him and Pac. But so far, that's been like the biggest story in AEW. Yeah. But um, let's get into WWE, man, so we can round this out. Let's give WWE their, their nice spotlight. All right. Um, so they had Crown Jewel this past Thursday. And to be fair, this show was the best crown jewel that they've had, mm. which isn't saying much because the last few have been God awful. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I guess it's a good thing that this was the best crown jewel that they've had. I mean, some of the matches were not so great. And then some of the matches were pretty decent, but they did do some good stuff. They did some stuff good. They did some stuff bad, but uh, I'm just I'm not gonna run through all the matches because you know there's really no need to. Mm-hmm. First things first, 
no championships changed hands at Crown Jewel, which isn't a surprise, in my opinion. Not I mean, really. the, I, I thought maybe Becky would lose her title just because she was moving to Raw, but that didn't happen. Yeah, we'll get into that later. Um, yeah, we'll get into that later. Um, Xavier Woods managed to win King of the Ring, and I don't, I'm not mad, but I don't know how to feel. I was hoping Valor won because I'm tired of seeing Valor just get jobbed out. Like, the dude deserves more. He's the best, one of the best performers you guys got, and he's just getting jobbed out and jobbed out and jobbed out. But I'm just waiting for Balor at this point to see his contract expire and go back to New Japan. Oh, my Lord, would that be a time. Um, as if things haven't already been happening in wrestling that have been groundbreaking. Um, if Finn ever smartens up and leaves, it is a wrap. Uh- yeah, like... <laughs> Because at that point, WWE's like really gonna screw themselves. Because oh my god, just aside from Roman, you're not gonna have anyone. The moment uh, Switchblade Jay White is standing across from Prince David it is over for Vince. Like, who even cares what you do at this point? Or um, the moment Prince David and God pop up on AEW and ooh. stand across from Kenny Omega and the Bucks. <laughs> Chills. Uh, so, I, my my only comment on this is that um, X has always wanted to be king of the ring, and at first I thought they were gonna do this the logical way and <laughs> silly me um, for thinking they were gonna handle it logically. Um, silly at the you, end of the day. You. At the end of the day, like any other smart WWE analysis person, I would have uh, realized this was all about favoritism. <laughs> yep. <laughs> because Vince loves the New Day. Xavier mm-hmm. Woods has always wanted to be king of the ring. Um, so clearly X was going to win. I don't even know why I thought there was a chance that he wouldn't. Vince loves him. Of course he was going to win. Vince loved him so much. He made his up, up, down, down title and sold it on the WWE website. Yeah, there's no better uh, acceptance than something you created on your own and Vince making it a part of something he's built. <laughs> there's, there's, no greater, uh, there's no greater love than <laughs> finding something that you made yourself, that you made successful, and Vince being like, bring that over here. Yeah, I'll take we'll, a piece of that. We'll market it for you. <laughs> it's good shit, pal. It's good shit. So, you know, there we have it. Xavier Woods is the king of the ring. I'm not I'm not upset about it. Yeah. Um, I, I'm happy for X. He needed something. Uh, but just uh yeah. Damn, Finn. Yeah. Damn. Sadie had to be the guy. Too bad it wasn't Dolph. I would have I would have Oh Dolph. God. I would have <laughs> at least go with the guy that's always the fall guy. It should have been me. It should have been me. <laughs> um, but their match was pretty good. I will give them that. And then you got 
the Queen's Crown final between Zelina Vega and Dewdrop. They put on an awesome five-minute match. Yeah, it it was a great four-minute, 55-second match. Just a a barn burner. It was was left and right. So much action. It was up and down. It was... It was just a roller coaster of a blanket you'll miss it kind of moment. You know what I mean? It just exactly. And if you can't understand our sarcasm, you got your head in the sand. <laughs> <laughs> um, but Zelina Vega came out on top. Yeah. And that's a thing. Again, very surprised. <laughs> like I I don't know what you what they want us to say about that. Um Y'all had Shayna Baszler lose to Dewdrop for Zelina Vega to win. I mean, talk about left field. <laughs> what are we doing, man? Again, I'm happy. Like you said, you're happy for X. Oh my I'm happy for Zelina Vega, but. Shayna Baszler, Liv Morgan. I'm pretty sure those were the two fucking people that should have either A, been in the finals fighting each other, or Mm -hmm. B, one of them should have been in the finals and won the damn tournament. Yeah, as a wrestling fan... I looked at the start of this bracket and was like, clearly, this is ending with Shayna and Liv. Exactly. Man. (laughs) (laughs) Well, we were both wrong because I'm pretty sure I said Liv and Shayna, too. Because it was set up perfectly, you know, one's over here on this side, the other one's over here on this side. They can cross paths, and when they do, it'll be in the finals. Clear heel, clear face story writes itself underdog that doesn't get a chance unstoppable monster that's killing everybody in her path it just it just made so much sense we were that's that's our problem we we went too logical we just went with what made sense why would we do that yep we we didn't do wwvd what would vince do clearly we were adding this thing the wrong way you know what i mean we didn't carry it too somewhere in here and just didn't realize that Zelina Vega was the clear pick to win this. And I I did um I did an analysis on all the times, like all the allotted times of these um these women's matches. Mm-hmm. Didn't even add up to 15 minutes. Damn. I think it added up to like 12 minutes and 48 seconds or something oh my like that. God. The entire so, women's tournament. The entire months. women's tournament took the same amount of time as Xavier Woods versus Finn Balor. That's terrible. The entire tournament was shorter than Finn Balor versus Sami Zayn. And you know what, man? The craziest part about this is that um, Zelina Vega can wrestle. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dewdrop. Piper Niven can wrestle. She's yep. good. Uh, yeah. Shayna Baszler can wrestle. She's good, man. Uh, uh, Liv Morgan can wrestle. She's she's pretty good, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but somehow, 
<laughs> somehow in all of this um in all of this short less than five minute matches we've seemed to have lost the entire aspect of who can wrestle and not even who's popular like i don't even know how you did you flip a was this a raffle how did we even decide how we got here? Like, I would have been so happy if they handled this the same way they handled all of the men's matches. I wouldn't even have a problem with it because everyone involved could actually wrestle. How did we somehow get to a place in time where we only hire women who can wrestle, yet we never give them time to wrestle, and it still somehow feels like the Divas division? It's the de-evolution of the women's division is, is the, what it is. We are living in a de-evolution. That's what <laughs> Everyone else is living in an evolution between Impact, between NWA, oh dear. between AEW. We are living in a de-evolution of the WWE women's division. That's what happened here. That's what happened. Yep. That's exactly what happened. Vince saw the writing on the wall. He was like, you know what? We started the women's revolution. It was great. We had a great time. Uh, we brought in Ronda Rousey. We made women's wrestling uh, a huge thing. We had women uh, uh, main event night one of WrestleMania. And then uh, NWA mm -hmm. started doing a women's event and TNA started doing a women's event and AEW has a great women's division. You know what? We got to go left. Let's destroy everything good division. about our women's division. <laughs> Which wasn't much to begin with. We've been doing it all wrong. We, we had it right in the 90s. <laughs> we had it right in the late 90s. And then we just, you know, shit the bed in the 2000s a little bit. Oh, my and then, God. And then we got it right again later. And then we fucked it up all over again. Oh my God. Whoever said the women's wrestling was the way to go. You see this shit? That's what the minor leagues are doing. They're learning from us. What idiots. <laughs> yet they're yet they're doing it better than us. I don't know why I ever listened to you. 15 minutes for women? Are you crazy? Oh man. <laughs> oh God. Who who wants to see the women actually wrestle when they can get 25 minutes of Sami Zayn oh, and Finn Balor. Or we can get Baron Corbin oh, and whatever the fuck his name is. Constable Corbin, Happy Corbin, Bad Luck Corbin, whatever the fuck his name is. Yeah. Let's get the let's let's go get the the woman that's uh the woman that's associated with Malachi Black and and uh the other chick that sounds like a raindrop. Um that's our main event right there. Oh god. Yep, yep. How, how uh, much you want to well, give him? How much would you say? Ten minutes? Hell no. Give him, give him like, give him like five. No, we, give him, yeah, <laughs> give him less than that. Give him four fifty-five. We're we're using at least three minutes for Sami Zayn's music. You're gonna give them ten minutes? What? Hell no. Uh -huh. You know how long that ramp is? Five minutes max. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, before we keep burying WWE in a hole, they actually remember when I said they did do something good. Yes. Because I did say that, and they and they did. I got to give them some credit here. The Edge versus Seth Rollins, uh, Hell in a Cell, match of the night. 
that match kicked ass. I will mm. give him that. Mm. That match was awesome. Uh, Edge hit the execution on the stairs. Um, Seth tried to do the curb stomp with, with a chain around his leg. I did see that. They did do some awesome stuff in this match. Uh, of course, Edge comes out on top. I'm pretty sure the feud is over now, but I mean, I, I would think it's over because Survivor Series is coming up and they kind of need them for the Survivor Series team. Yeah, they, they do kind of need that. Um, but match of the night for sure. Uh, they definitely did show out. They showed off. Um, Edge showed that he can still be that dangerous monster inside of a Hell in a Cell. Just a great performance from both. They both knocked. They both knocked the roof off in that match. Like literally, literally, they performed very well. Um, I, and I'll give it to him. Like um, Seth's character is starting to grow on me, and I don't agree with everything about the character. Um, but at the end of the day, you're talking about two people that can get in there and really steal the show. Yeah. Um, Edge has done it for years. That's the kind of thing you don't lose with ring rust. Um, and Seth is just a natural. Um, I used to joke about him being Triple H's kid all the time, but he, he in the aspect of knowing how to tell a story physically, he truly is a student of the game. Um, and so, uh, I really, I really did expect them to go in there and tear it down. So, yeah, they, they did, they did a great job. He's shown like he, to me, he's shown that he can take any character and make it work with the story. Like the mm -hmm. Messiah thing was getting kind of old. Now he's, I guess he's drip King. Mm -hmm. Um, he's making it work and it's a character that I wasn't behind at all. No. I'm really still not behind it, but he's making it work and he's making the best out of what he's given. So, I mean, he's, he's doing all right. I will give him that. And yeah. Uh, and him and, 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 go, go ahead. ahead. <laughs> uh, knock on wood. Well, for anybody, I was going to say for anybody that is like us and on the fence about the Seth Rollins character, um, I had a little bit of a nugget watching the Stone Cold Steve Austin uh, podcast um, with Seth that helped me kind of understand it a little bit. Um, so the magic behind it is supposed to be the fact that Seth is intentionally over the top and he's mm. he's trying to create a character that can fit into any kind of scenario. Um, so Which one, makes sense. So at one minute he can be a crazy egomaniac that's over the top and breaking into people's houses, but he can also be like a very serious, um, very deadly kind of person. And he just becomes obsessed with things, but he's so over the top that he can fit in uh, somewhere, anywhere between comedy and um, uh, threatening. Yeah, um, he's... He's basically becoming like a, he's trying to be like a chameleon of a character in a sense. Exactly. So for anybody that's like trying to wrap their head around it and their cat, his, it's not really doing it for them at the moment. Maybe that can help you uh, find your way into liking him. Um, I said this to Mrs. Jobber, Seth's characters always seem to have to grow on me in time. Yeah. Um, no matter what character, the Messiah took a while. Um, shoot, um, when he first turned on the shield, 
that stuff took forever to grow on me. Um, so the Kingslayer stuff took some time. Like all the Seth Rollins characters seem to take yeah. some time to grow on you. And then once they grow on you, they kind of stick and then they change it because they're always fucking up the storylines. But 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 you but you get what I mean. Always like, fucking up the timelines. They, they they always they always take a while. So um if you need a little nugget to maybe help you kind of understand what he's trying to do out there. Um, but yeah, yeah. Kudos to them. I knew they were going to go out there and do really good. I mean, I, I didn't watch because I never watched the Saudi shows, but I'm glad they did really well. I know. You you, you leave the Saudi shows for me. It's okay. Yeah. Um, and then the last match I'm going to talk about, because it's really the only match that needed to be talked about, um, Brock and Roman. Um, Paul was still in a dilemma all the way through this match. So it, we're at the end of the match and Roman is calling for the title and Paul's just looking at the title. He can't decide to give it to Roman or Brock. He just tosses it in the middle mm. and says, you know what to do with it. So he still can't decide on if it's going to Brock or if it's going to Roman. I think what they were trying to implement was whoever picked up the title and won is who Paul was going to leave with. Mm -hmm. um, so Brock gets his hands on the title after having a tug of war with Roman. And as he goes to hit Roman, interference by the Usos, they hit the double super kick on the boy. Roman grabs the title smacks Brock with it. One, two, three, still the champ. But on SmackDown, they open the show with Brock coming out and beating like the dog shit out of Roman and the mm. Usos. Mm -hmm. And there was a point in time where I thought, I think it was Jay. There was a point in time where I thought Jay was like legitimately fucked up from when he hit the, the ring post outside the ring. Because mm -hmm. it looked bad, but I watched it again and I'm like, oh, okay, he just sold it very well. And now Brock Lesnar is suspended indefinitely. Of course he is. But before he left, Adam Pierce decided to channel his inner Johnny Knoxville and say, Welcome to Jackass. <laughs> because he got F5 twice. And on the first F5, this man ripped his pants like SpongeBob. Oh, shoot. <laughs> like literally straight down the side. One F5, this man's whole pants just ripped down the side, like damn. the inside seam all the way down. Damn. Like, damn, Brock, we that strong? We F5 people and ripped their clothes? Uh, poor Scrap Daddy. Scrap Daddy got his ass whooped. He got taken to the scrapyard. <laughs> he got taken to um, but it's got me wondering now after I, I guess after survivor series is when brock will be back so yeah, possibly what, what's the pay-per-view after survivor series uh, do they always switch it up for december it should be tlc they might push it back though i'm trying to think if it is tlc maybe we get maybe we get a match we haven't had in a while maybe we get brock in a ladder match Maybe. I mean, I don't know. I don't know. 
I mean, I, I would. I I've stopped guessing what they're doing with Roman because and you just, just let becomes, it come naturally. Yeah, it, at this point, it's just fantasy booking. They're just throwing names out there, like. <laughs> Yeah, they're just throwing anybody in the wall to build to the Rock, and I don't even know if the Rock's still going to be in Mania. Oh my God, I, 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 that's what I'm waiting for. I'm just waiting for the Rumble so we can hear Rock yeah. like it, say he it, he wants Roman. At first, I was like, oh, they'll never do the Rock, and then they pulled out Brock in mid, in like mid September, and I was like, well, we have to do the Rock now. You have nobody bigger than the Rock. <laughs> after yeah, after like, Brock, you don't have anyone. You have to do the Rock at WrestleMania now. Mm-hmm. Like it, so. it just it, as much as we say it, and Vince won't do it for one reason only. It makes sense. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Unless you pull out, uh, no, no, he's yeah, and Triple H just had heart surgery, right? Uh, so, I mean, unless we're gonna bring a. a we bringing Taker back in, or are we just leaving him? Oh, no, yeah, we did Taker <laughs> twice. We can't do Taker again. Uh, I'm trying to think. What else is there? Can we that we can do? John's filming, so yeah. John's not coming back. Can't be John. And you did John already. Um, fuck. Who's coming over from a- AJ's in a tag team? You can't do AJ. Can't do AJ. Andy's on a different show. Can't do AJ. Um, can't do Randy. They're they different Randy? show, different show, and tag champs. No, they can't do them. Yeah, can't do Randy. I, there's nobody you can do. Yeah, unless you pull somebody out of a, out of the fucking blue, which is going to be hard to do because AEW probably signed them all. So, so there's nobody, Joe, Joe, there's nobody Joe. active you can really take right now because the, and they dropped Joe again. So uh, there's yeah, Wait, there's Joe's really not nobody. Joe's not fired. Oh, he's not released again. He's not re-released. He's just injured. They're not gonna call yeah, he's up just Joe. Joe, Joe, no, They're Joe's not, not coming back. Joe. Leave, leave, um, leave Joe, leave Joe with Triple H. They trying to figure out a way to cut Joe again. They trying, Hunter's not. Hunter ain't letting that happen. You think the moment Samoa Joe got uh, 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 injured due to reasons they wouldn't actually put out there, that Vince was like, <laughs> that Vince was gonna let this Can man back it? on the main roster? It's it's like that scene from The Office and Vince's Michael, where he's like, "We can get rid of him, not without cause, Michael. I have cause. It is because I hate him, <laughs> right? <laughs> just just because of cause. So there's really nobody they can pull out besides The Rock. So I mean, I I stopped I stopped guessing after Brock. I was like, man, whoever the, they throw out there is just a buy until Mania. Man, all I'm saying is, if we in here fantasy booking. If we can get Edge healthy, we can get Daniel Bryan healthy. If we can get Sting healthy, damn it, I'm sure we can get Austin back in the mix. Oh, my God. Roman versus Austin. That'd be crazy. You might be the tribal chief. You might be the head of the table, but I still got a foot that can go up your ass. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because they already brought Sean back, and that didn't work out. Oh, God, yeah. No, leave, leave, leave Sean alone, please. Yeah, it's either it's either oh uh, no, because they wouldn't push him like that. Um, yeah, but I think that's pretty much everything I got on the uh, on the crown jewel standpoint. So yeah, I think that's everything. The only other thing, um, did you see the Charlotte and Becky Lynch 
title uh, change thing? Oh, yeah, that I did see. Um, so basically, they were trying to tease Becky Two Belts coming back, which I, I wouldn't be against, but I would be in a sense because I, I'm not a fan of the big time Beck's character. Mm-hmm. Like, I'd, I'd rather see her go back to being, you know, the man. Mm-hmm. As opposed to, you know, big time Bex, because big time Bex is just a little annoying to me. Yeah. If she went back to being the man, that would be all. But I, I think they were trying to like poke at the Becky Two Belts thing to see if, you know, people were actually with it. Mm-hmm. But I don't see them doing it. They already did the title swap. And I guess Charlotte's going to go do her thing with Sasha Banks now. And yeah. I don't know where Becky goes from here. We're going to have to watch on Monday to just to figure it out. Yeah. However long that's going to be, I feel like Charlotte's going to be out of here. Into her contract. I feel like Charlotte is gone. Yeah, I, I, I would say so. I, I wouldn't, if they lose Charlotte, they're, they're really fucking screwed. Cause then at that point you just got Roman. Well, listen, Andrade already said FWWE. Yeah. Um, and Charlotte was very <laughs> against the title swap segment. And um, she yeah. did some very unscripted things yeah. that did not go well. I think that's more because she was trying to, like, not look weak. Yeah, yeah, that was her big I, thing. Which I don't get with with the fucking talent nowadays. Like, it, I mean, I get you don't like the segment, but everything's done for a reason, apparently. And... Everybody's so worried about, you know, I'm going to look weak. I'm going to lose my spot. It's really not that deep because you're still their top person. Mm-hmm. It doesn't make you look weak. You're, you're still their number one, probably number two person in the women's division, aside from Becky Lynch. Mm-hmm. You don't look weak in that aspect. It's the two biggest stars in the women's division swapping titles. I mean, granted, I w- I'm not going to lie. I was against the title swap, too. But I, I don't get it. I don't get it. I just don't. I feel like there was a better way they could have done it. Um, I agree with Charlotte in that aspect. Um, I don't know that I fully agree with the way she handled things, but I do feel like it tells, uh, it kind of puts writing on the wall in a way. And Charlotte has been peak Charlotte since she's since she's gotten this new... Since she's Whatever come back, it right? is, yeah, she's been she's been peak Charlotte. She's been fire every time. Um, so, while you know I don't what it agree is? with the way she handled it, I, I do agree that they could have found another way to do that. She 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 got that Latin flow now, man. She she, she Andrade, got some Andrade Andrade El Idolo is talking in her ear, letting her know, no, you're the shit. Yeah, and man. they need to know you're the shit. She's got some Latino heat on her now. She's uh she's 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 La Bamba La Bamba. <laughs> La Bamba La Bamba. Um but yeah, man, I think that does it for WWE, man. Yeah, um, so now on to the main event, which is uh bound for glory. Impact mm-hmm. Bound for Glory was uh, last night as we're recording this. It was Saturday on the 23rd. And man, they 
they every time like impact pay-per-views slammiversary bound for glory victory rose specifically are pay-per-views now that you really have to look for because they kind of do something every time that just really they they blow your expectations out the water um and i have to really uh i have to really go back and watch a lot of these matches but i'll give the rundown and um some really good opinions of what happened throughout the night so first off um and the show started pretty late it started at like 9 30 on to you know the rest of the night it probably didn't until like 12 um but they started with the induction of the legendary Awesome Kong. Video package was great. Everyone from her era, everyone from this era is on there. Um, Just giving thanks and uh, telling how amazing she was. There were some good highlights. There was some, she was a two-time knockouts champion and a knockouts tag team champion. Uh Um, Legendary feud with Gail Kim, who inducted her in. Gail Kim had a great speech. Um, so great that Awesome Kong had went out there and said, um, she kind of said everything I was going to say. <laughs> uh, she was like, so I, I got to kind of wing it now. Um, but it was still great. Um, it, was a, it was a fantastic moment. Um, she didn't talk too long like most Hall of Famers do. <laughs> she, kept it, uh, she kept it at a good time. Um, and it was just, it was just a heartfelt moment, man. Like it was just so cool to see her go in. And at the end of it, all the women from the locker room came out. Um, and it was just, it was just a great heartfelt moment. I felt really good about it. And, um, seeing her through her impact journey, it was just a really good, a small note. She had said that she was from Shimmer as well, which everyone is from, but, still cool that that's yeah, another shimmer every, person. everybody comes out of shimmer so shimmer really needs to like eventually shimmer has got to climb this ladder that everyone else is climbing um uh-huh. to be like a very high staple like i feel like shimmer and wow are just kind of like they're they're underrated for what they are and if they could reach a level like mlw and gcw to where they're taken at that um significant level instead of just giving all the future legends out to everyone else um we will build them but you guys can take them once they're fully built and you can create their legacy yeah eventually like some people got to come back that's what i think it is but i digress it was an amazing it was an amazing uh induction very cool mm-hmm. to see Awesome Kong. I think they still have it on YouTube if you guys want to go check it out. Um, so that was really heartfelt. That was amazing. Um, and then they had their digital media championship match, um, which at first I thought was maybe a mixed tag. And then I realized not, it's just a it's just a, a dual gender match. Yeah, it's just the intergender in, intergender. Intergender, uh, that's the word I'm looking for. In, in, intergender match. Yeah, so it was uh, John Schuyler, uh, Crazy Crazy Steve, Fala, Chelsea Green, Madison Rain, and Jordan Grace. Um, it was a quick match. I can't say too much about it because even though I watched the whole thing, it was very short. 
um, because they had another segment afterwards before the show started. But Jordan Grace won in Jordan Grace fashion. It was the pump handle, um, that pump handle suplex slam um, for the pen. And I believe she did it on uh, John Schuyler, which was pretty cool after he um, just finished, I think, power bombing or um, either power bombing or choke slamming the hell out of uh, Chelsea Green. Um, he had got he had got the finish from Jordan Grace, who won, who uh, really needed it. I feel like yeah. I feel like Jordan had been kind of in the ether for a very a very long time after they like lost the knockout tag team championships. I got a lot of respect for Jordan Grace, man. Um, this is a big win for her. I think she's definitely in the near future gonna be one of the top women wrestlers in any company i feel it man i feel it i feel like jordan is is um she's she's still biting her time i think there's some things she's still got left to accomplish um which i think is why they gave her this belt because it seems like this is going to be their intergender championship um so while um tessa blanchard was the first woman to hold the impact world championship her name has kind of fallen off and she's at a restart right now. So mm-hmm. there's no one to really carry that, um, carry that, what she did to the next level. Um, but the only yeah. other person that was there in that era that was doing that was Jordan Grace at the time. So now that um, she can hold this intergender championship, she can carry on that legacy of like making it okay and, um, whatever company they're in to fight the guys and it won't just be an indie thing that you see here and there. Mm-hmm. Um, and she can really hold that up to um, big, I don't want to say big, but like big name men in the industry. Um, and if it starts with like crazy Steve and Fala and, you know, the, the, the mid card of impact, that's totally fine. Yeah. Um, and she's the right person to do it because her size is like ridiculous. So yeah. Um, so that was pretty cool. Um, given um and in order of importance, I'll run through some of the other matches. So Violent by Design had been doing a thing where they kicked Rhino out and then um they beat down Heath and then Rhino came back and they weren't exactly sure where Rhino was gonna go. So it was violent by design versus just Heath um, and possibly mm-hmm. another partner. Heath had been going at it alone, but Rhino got in there um, and they ended up beating violent by design. So that was cool. Heath and Rhino were back together. Um, they had the call your shot gauntlet, which featured Chris Saban, W. Morrissey, and the person that won uh, being Moose, who I thought was like, oh, well, <laughs> I wouldn't have picked Moose. Like, but seeing as how Moose was nowhere else on the card, I guess yeah. I should have realized Moose was going to win this match. Um, they had that. They had the Impact Tag Team Triple Threat match. That was the Good Brothers, um, Finn Juice, and Bullet Club. It was uh, Chris Bay and uh, Hikuleo, which uh-huh. I believe is how you say it. 
Um, the Good Brothers ended up retaining no as they should. Yeah, yeah, no surprise there. Um, you had the X Division title match, which meant a lot to me. Um, oh, you know what? Actually, I'll come back to it because Inspiration fought Decay for the Knockout Tag Team Championships and won. Ooh, good yeah, shit. On their debut night. So, formerly known as the Iconics, Inspiration are now the new Knockout Tag Team Champions. I'm with that. I like that. I like that move a lot. They're a great tag team when they're together. Mm-hmm. Um, they can help elevate that women's division too because I mean Impact does a great job with their women's, I mean, so far. Yeah. Um, and adding the uh adding inspiration to it just increases the value of that division even more. Yeah, yeah. So so I, I mean I feel I feel like some people are on the fence about them coming in and getting a title shot immediately, but in a way, I feel like this could be, and I said this on Twitter. Uh, not to put pressure on them, but if they do this right, it could feel like a second coming of the beautiful people. Yeah. Um, because that was kind of their whole gimmick in WWE anyway. Pretty much. So if they do it right, they can do like a, you know, a new generation's version of the beautiful people and really help push up the division. Yeah. Um, but onto the X Division title match, it was a triple threat match between um, El Fantasmo. Uh, Steve Macklin and Trey Miguel um, and Trey Miguel pulled it out in fantastic form to become the new X division champion. I believe is his first singles title and impact um, well-deserved. Definitely. And you know, uh, all of the rascals were on Twitter going crazy about it. Um, and it made me very, very happy to see because um, you know that was a big part of why he stayed. We remember. <laughs> <laughs> like back when the Rascals left, I was heartbroken that they were breaking up. Um, the Rascals, two of the Rascals are now uh, NXT Tag Team Champions. Um, he's the new X Division Champion, finally making a name for himself in the singles division. And uh-huh. um, former Rascal Myron Reed is... Uh, a newly formed uh, middleweight champion, uh, possibly about to be the new openweight champion. So all of the rascals are doing very well. And yeah. um, it's just, it was just really cool to see. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome job to Trey Miguel, man. Cause he did, he does some good stuff. He's a great performer. I'm glad to see him get some shine. Yeah. He, he'd really been working to it um, since the rascals broke up really. Mm-hmm. So it's it's great to see him finally um, not finish that journey, but reach like a pivotal point in that uh, chapter of uh, singles wrestling. Yeah, definitely. It's only a matter of time before that man becomes the uh, Impact World Champion. Mm. Um, and before the, the main event of the night, there was Deanna Perrazzo versus Mickey James for the Impact Knockouts Championship. Mm. I wonder who I wonder who won this one. This one seems pretty interesting to me. Yeah, well, you'd be surprised. Um, I know I was very surprised. As it turns out, Mickey James won the match. Get the fuck out. Yeah, right. I was like, certainly this is Deanna Perrazzo. Mickey James won the Knockouts Championship. I was blown away, man. I was blown away. 
Yeah, I mean, I'm not mad about it. I'm actually, I'm actually kind of surprised. I mean, it's a good move. It is, like, you know, you get, you always got to show homage to Mickey, and you know, I can't really say nothing bad about her. But mm-hmm. damn, that's okay. That was actually a surprise there. Yeah, it makes you wonder what's next for Deanna now. Like, I thought, I, I don't, I don't know what I Impact thought. Impact World Champion. <laughs> could it be? Um, I don't know what I thought, but I like she had been at the top of independent women's wrestling for like all year, really. Mm-hmm. Um, and she was beating anybody they threw at her. And we knew this was going to culminate with her versus Mickey James, but I definitely didn't think Mickey James was going to win. But I mean, hey. Yeah. Not mad at it. No, not, not at mad all. at it. So, I mean, kudos to Mickey James for reestablishing her importance and what she means to this industry. But do keep in mind, ladies and gentlemen, <clears throat> uh, Mercedes Martinez was one of the women that was in attendance that night. Mm-hmm. And um, if there's anybody <laughs> that makes sense losing to Mercedes Martinez at this point in time, it'd be Mickey James. Yeah. So, like, before I was like, I love the fact that she won. I don't see her beating Deanna Perrazzo. But her against Mickey James, solid 50-50. Yeah. This could go either way. So, don't be surprised if they do Mercedes Martinez versus Mickey James pretty soon. Mm-hmm. Uh, because it's a lot more believable than Mickey James can lose to Mercedes Martinez. Um, and that would be a perfect time for them to do respects to Mickey, respects to Mercedes, and then have a good story of Deanna Perrazzo getting the title back from Mercedes Martinez. Yeah, I agree. Um, and just the entire Impact division, women's division, is just, they're in such a good place right now. Yeah, it, it definitely like, is a good time for them. It is just amazing to see some people doing it right. <laughs> uh, getting great allotted time, men in there with women and women winning. It's just they're doing everything right over there. And just performing to the highest of standards. The, the highest of levels, man. Um, and with that, we have uh, the main event. Christian Cage versus... Josh Alexander, the walking weapon versus the instant classic for the Impact World Championship. This man has been in this. Christian's had quite the fucking year, if you think about it. Yo, Christian is, uh, uh, he might be MVP in this fucking year. Like, listen, like, he's an underdog. Like, this man main evented a pay per view for WWE. AEW and Impact all in the same damn year. He main evented at the Royal Rumble naturally because he, I mean, he was in the Royal Rumble. Mm-hmm. He main evented uh, AEW with Kenny Omega. Mm-hmm. And, and, won. Now, and now he's main eventing Impact. Wait, like, listen, like, Edge could never. <laughs> Oh damn! I mean, t- technically, 
technically, that's not an insult. You're not wrong. Edge could never, because Edge is a WWE guy. Exactly. Edge has <laughs> four years on his contract. WWE Edge could never. Yeah. But all right, all right, I'll say it this way: WWE writing wise, Edge could never. Oh no, Edge could never. Christian Christian came back. He came back. He had um, one of the greatest pops in his comeback. He mm-hmm. beat the number one wrestler, um, according to PWI, a two-time wrestler of the year out of 500 people. Mm-hmm. He beat him for the Impact title. Then goes on to main event, the WrestleMania of Impact, his former home. We now holding now being a three-time impact wrestling world champion. Um and having the best story of the pay-per-view. Yes. Like if you go back, and it's not that hard, people. If you follow, if you go to Impact Wrestling on Instagram and you look up not even what Christian is saying, but look up Josh Alexander's promos. Just the best. It, it wrote itself. And it was clearly based off the fact that Alexander is the ace of Impact Wrestling. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that I that I can agree with. He he definitely is one of the better people that uh that have been involved with Impact in the past year or so. And he's been performing at a pretty at a pretty high clip. And him and Kenny Omega were already about to get into it. Mm-hmm. Um, so this has been a seed that had been planted for a while. And then Christian wins. Christian comes there. Christian's running through everybody they put in front of him um, until Josh Alexander shows up with this option C for the X Division title. And he delivers this amazing this amazing promo where after Christian questions him about, um, you know, never been being at this level before um, all the things they've been saying about Josh Alexander, he does this classic uh, table turn where it was like, you know, my story, you have so much to say about having a chip on your shoulder Um always being qualified as a tag team partner, this and that. And it's starting to sound real familiar. He said, just like you had something to prove, I've got something to prove. And he said, let me tell you this, the biggest thing from the promo that I got was this nugget here. He says, as long as you're cashing a check from some billionaire and another company, you will never be impact champion. Uh, I'm going to bring the title back home where it belongs. Uh, and it's just, oh, this is gold. Just dig the knife in a little bit deeper. Even if you've never seen Josh Alexander wrestle, that promo alone is like, all right, let's see what this kid's got. You know what I mean? Yeah, if, if, you, you- if you've only known Christian... You might not, you might not buy into it, but after that little promo, you got to at least want to see what the kids got. Yeah, if if you guys don't know 
Like, if you listeners right now don't know about Josh Alexander, go check him out. Like, just go to YouTube and look at his moveset and look at his highlights. The dude can fucking go. Like, he can hang in there with the best of them. Josh Alexander is, without a doubt, one of the best people that Impact has right now. So if y'all don't know anything about Josh Alexander, y'all don't know, y'all haven't seen his matches, you haven't heard of him, y'all definitely need to check that man out. And I don't, I'm, I'm, I'm just out here throwing cheap plugs, but y'all definitely <laughs> need to check him out. And, and and you really need to check him out mainly for the fact that he wins. Yeah. He beats Christian for the Impact World Championship. Um, A true... Uh, a boyhood dream, a true like, you know, uh, uh, um, heartwarming moment. If it wasn't for the fact that waiting in the wings was oh, Moose, God. Moose, oh, God. who just just won the call your shot gauntlet, calls his shot to fight Alexander for the title and wins stealing the glory right from beneath him. That was quick. Ugh. Didn't hold it 24 hours. Before y'all ever seen it? Y'all ever seen an anchor man? <laughs> yeah. Boy, that escalated quickly. I mean, that really got out of hand fast. That was that was bad, man. Like I was so and, and I was losing my mind because like It wasn't like it, it. They really gave you no time to take in the moment. Yeah. Before Moose like totally swooped in and and just did uh, Moose things. Did Moose things, you know. <laughs> it sounds so wrong when I say it like that. <laughs> classic, classic Moose to 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 ruin a moment for you. Um, Leave it to Moose to do Moose things. But yeah, man, the the credits roll and. Uh, Moose, the the um, the proverbial wrestling god is the Impact World Champion, and you're just like amazing yeah. night. But why? <laughs> like why? Damn! Man? Right? Like damn, man! Of all the times, had to be this time. I would have loved to see Josh Alexander's promo. Um, at the start of Impact the next week, but now we won't get a celebration. Nope. We we, we get the bask in the bullshit glory of Moose and his Moose things. Yeah, yeah. And you just know he's going to come out next week and give the I told you so promo. Mm-hmm. Ah, God darn it. But, but all in all, an amazing, amazing week for wrestling itself. Um, yeah, Definitely. Impact Bound for Glory was amazing. Uh, AEW Dynamite and Rampage um, did a lot. Did a lot. Told a great story. Did some great things for Andrade and Cody. Um, WWE Crown Jewel was what it was. Um, hey, it was the best one they've ever done. It was the best. There you go. Let's 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 give them some dignity. It was the best Crown <laughs> Jewel I've never seen. Um, <laughs> the best crown jewel I've never seen. <laughs> that's 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 gonna be the name. That's gonna be the name. <laughs> that's the name of this week's. 
the best <laughs> crown jewel I've never seen. <laughs> we just came up with the title. There you go. Custody of There we go. We we're gonna come up with that title right there. Yeah. Title on the spot. And we gotta see, as Miss Jarvis just said, who's gonna win custody of Paul Heyman. Oh, very true. Oh man. Maybe maybe, maybe we need Mrs. Jabber on standby for that one. Yeah, we gotta figure that she, one out. She she can be the moderator for that uh for that court case. <laughs> All right, man. Let's get to the shout-outs. All right. Um, I'll kick it off this week. I'm going to do something a little different. I've, I'm shouting out some new people, some awesome people. Uh, Dirty Heels podcast, Off the Top Ropes podcast. They've been showing us some love, so you guys got to check them out. They're on Spotify. They're on Anchor. They got an Instagram as well. Same name. Um, also, a podcast that Stevie's been shouting out on the Twitter side. Yes, sir. Has, has jumped over to our Instagram side as well. Uh, that 90s wrestling podcast. Go check those guys out because they're doing some awesome stuff over there as well. Bobby Rassels, too, over there, all about wrestling podcast. He's got an episode that's, that dropped yesterday. So you guys got to go check out that new episode as well. Also, on our YouTube page, we just hit the 200 subscriber milestone. Um, so huge shout out to everybody who subscribed to our channel, showed us some love. Um, big thank you to RK Pop, Baby Ice, and LJ the Geek because they were shouting us out over on their channels and they got us over the 200 milestone. So big shout out to them as well. Definitely need to check them out if you haven't. Those are my shout outs for this week. Stevie Jobber, the ball is in your court. All right, man. So uh, I got four for you. I got uh, one general, three from Twitter. Um, the one general, every week I'm going to be doing this, Doghouse Gaming um, up in Quakertown for all your retro gaming needs, um, all the way back to Sega Genesis and all the way up to the PS5. They got some, they got some new ones too, but... For, for all your retro gaming needs, man, Doghouse Gaming. Uh, you can look them up on Facebook. You can Google them. It'll tell you the new address. Um, they get new inventories. They got arcade games you can play when you walk in. Just all kinds of cool stuff. And I got three podcasts, man, for you to listen to from Twitter. I went on a Twitter spree this, uh, this weekend. I want to shout out uh, Jaded Wrestling. They're doing a lot of communicating with them. I want to shout out Retro uh, Recharge Wrestling Podcast. Go check them out. And Tornado Tag Wrestling. Uh, those are my awesome. three from Twitter. If you like podcasts, if you got some time in your day, go check all three of them out. Recharge Wrestling, Jaded Wrestling, and Tornado Tag. Awesome. Awesome. Um, well, guys, that concludes this week. Thank you for tuning in. You know, without you guys, we wouldn't be here. You guys make it fun for us, and we hope you enjoyed this episode. Um, this week, we'll be dropping another video on the YouTube channel. Uh, and also, we got a little something in the works that you guys can check out over there coming up real soon. Uh, but that's it for this week, guys. Have a good one. Stay up. Stay blessed. And as always, stay dangerous.
Saskatchewan.